Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IA Cast. All right, back with me today, I'm Michael Dowies, and we have Taylor Arndt. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Michael. And we have Alicia Geary. Hi, Alicia. Hello, hello. All right. Well, it's been a very eventful week in technology. We've got a bunch of tech news and and a lot of things have happened. So let's let's get into it. Uh, Google had their event this time and we got we got pixels. We got new devices and new watches. And we we have three topics today, but I want to start with that one. So let's let's get into it. So We've got the we got new Pixel watches. Well, first off, did did you guys watch the event? I watched part of it, and then I had to go to a client meeting. I didn't. <laughs> okay. So, Alicia, you have Android. So, what what devices do you have that are Android? I have a Samsung Galaxy S twenty three Ultra, and I have a Galaxy Watch Five, which is Android Wear. Okay, so you have the the Watch Five. I didn't. Or, sorry, remember. Galaxy. Galaxy Watch 4, my bad. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you had the one of the Pixel watches or the Galaxy watches. No. So Google did announce a new Pixel watch. And what's interesting about it is it is very much Fitbit. Like there's a lot of Fitbit. They talked, I think they had the person that runs Fitbit yeah. on stage this time. Yes, they did. So... That was that was very interesting to hear them talk about Fitbit. And it's like I've told people, I feel like they're allowing Fitbit to actually Fitbit again. <laughs> I actually, that's kind of funny, Michael, because I've never heard of Fitbit. I mean, I've heard of it, but I haven't heard it being talked about in such a long time. And so it kind of brought me back because my mother and a whole bunch of her friends used to have Fitbit a very well, long time ago. So it's very interesting that it's coming back. Yeah, Fitbit has always been around, but I can't help but notice there's a bit of a marketing slowdown with them. Yeah. Because they they don't really advertise themselves anymore. You just kind of know Fitbit if you buy Fitbit, you know? It's not necessarily like a it's not they're they're not trying to rake in new users anymore because of their Google their Google collaboration and the fact that Google bought them out. I've noticed that Fitbit is also very Google-esque. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not Fitbit anymore. It's not Fitbit's personality anymore, if that makes any sense. So yes. it's really nice to see Fitbit being Fitbit, regardless of if Google owns them or not. However, I do see partnerships being much easier with Google now that Fitbit is allowed to, you know, take the reins a little bit more than they were. Agreed. And it's it's very interesting because we we don't really get to see a lot of companies in Google be themselves as much as they were before they were acquired. So I think it's nice that Fitbit is being allowed to be themselves again, and I hope that continues. It sounds like they're releasing their their own trackers, like health trackers again. So that's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things that, as time goes on, we'll we'll see more and more what they do. You see, the funny thing is, Michael, they have still been releasing their own 
they have been releasing their own trackers still like that 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 has not changed it's just that it's just that not as many people are keeping track of fitbit anymore because google bought them so well, and you don't hear about it in the news and yeah and you don't hear about it in the news however they are they've been releasing their own health trackers and their own watches mm-hmm. but it's just not as out there as yeah, it, it was not. and as it is mm-hmm. and as it will be yeah it's it doesn't make as big a headlines as whenever it it comes with a google event and I feel like that that needs to change, that they need to be able to make their own announcements, you know, and be prevalent. And so, but it's it's very cool to see them have a, such a big voice at the event. And that was really to talk about the, the Pixel Watch 2. And it looks like a, a, a nice watch, Android Wear, all the things. I didn't get the pricing, but they're... I they was like, going to ask you. They look like nice watches. I'm still going to stick with my Apple Watch. Of course, yeah. But, <laughs> but for Android people, it'd be nice to have. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, a lot of people forget that Android Wear still syncs well with iOS. It does. It doesn't sync as well, but it still syncs very well. And it allows you to use Google Assistant in places that you wouldn't normally use Google Assistant. So... I mean, if you are the type of person that doesn't necessarily mind stepping out of the ecosystem, it still is an option. Two enemies working together. (laughs) And that's good to see. I do have pricing on the watches. I just did a quick Google search. And it seems like they're a lot cheaper than the Apple Watches. The first one is the Wi-Fi variant is $349. The Pixel Watch 2 LTE version. Three ninety nine. So it seems like it's affordable. Okay. Yeah, sure. and I can't help but notice with Apple, you are kind of paying the Apple tax because yeah. the, mm-hmm. I'm looking into prices for Apple watches because I have to replace my Galaxy Watch. I don't really think that Galaxy Watch really works very well with Apple devices, but I was looking into and even like the lowest level model is like 599 with Apple Care almost with Apple Care yeah the the Apple Watch SE is cheaper i believe i think it's yeah. 350 it doesn't have everything i want right but it is it is an option for for a it doesn't have watch. the it doesn't have the blood oxygen and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that my Samsung watch does yeah so i mean i could buy the watch 8 the series but that's- 8 yeah, who knows how much that is now? It's usually a hundred dollars less than the usual the, oh, is the it? standard okay. version. Yeah, but you know, I they call it the Apple tax, and I I gladly pay it. I I'm a sucker for Apple products. So, although I have to say, some of the Samsung products can be pretty expensive too. Like my the the Galaxy Tab S8 that I have S8 Plus is was not the cheapest device. Yeah. But I've noticed that Samsung and Google are not very hard to find deals on. With Apple, no matter where you purchase it, maybe maybe in some tech stores they might be doing a sale, but that's not on Apple's mm-hmm. part. That's true. So it's really hard to find deals on Apple mm-hmm. products. Apple unless rarely you're does a student deals. or unless you're a student or a teacher. So it's like I don't know. It's just difficult. Yep. 
So we got the app, the, I was about to say Apple watch, the <laughs> pixel watch two, and you know, it's, it's an update. So it's worth looking into if, if you have, it's supposed to be a pretty nice watch. And then they went right on to, I believe the phones and we got the, the, uh, the pixel eight and the pixel eight pro. And again, as usual, the pros are the ones to go with. And in the past, I've never really been a fan of the camera bar on the back of the Pixels. But I have to say, I don't mind them this year. The Pixel 8 looks like a very nice phone in that bay blue color. Have have you seen that one, Alicia? Yeah, it's really nice. It's a very nice shade of blue on a pro phone. I'm totally down with that. And they are... They have the new Tensor G3, I think they called it, chip, which is pretty nice. They, interestingly, with Google, they have okay camera technology, but most of what they do is software-related. And they, they showed off some features, and you can go and watch. MKBHD did a review of, of all, all these features, and you could go and see how they work, but it's mostly software. So what are y'all's views on this? Do you think that a phone should be based more on software or hardware? I don't really think it matters as long as the two work together and complement each other and they work very well. I have to agree with Alicia. I think, you know, companies have their different strengths and some people may prefer, well, I just don't want the latest hardware, but if I can get the best software in the industry, I'll pick that. Some people are vice versa. So again, every company has their strengths, and I think that's what makes each company unique. Yeah, you know, the one thing that I feel like on this on this new hardware is they they are talking about software and their Google is very much send us your data and we'll make it make something better out of it. Mm-hmm. But what are they but what are they doing with that data? It's it's software but a lot of it's done in the cloud. And I, I I really am always hesitant to like, okay, what is Google doing with that stuff? Yeah, I know you mentioned, I know this takes us off the camera, but I know you mentioned something about a large language model that autocorrects your stuff, but everything you type is going into the cloud. And you said you didn't really like that. Do you mind like explaining why? Sure, so... What Alicia is talking about is the new Gboard, the Google keyboard, has autocorrect. So as you're typing, it's sending what you're typing into the cloud up to Google servers to use AI to make better predictions using a large language model, kind of like ChatGPT or BARD, and then sends back uh, suggestions to correct those. I feel like... so. Apple does something similar, but it does everything on device in iOS 17. And I feel like the iOS approach is much better. It may not be the best, but, you know, you send every, it's just, just think about what hackers do. They use what are called key loggers and they log every key press that you type on your computer and they can do nefarious things with it. Same with Google. I mean, who says they're not key logging your passwords? Who says that Gboard is not looking at everything you type? I would hope they wouldn't, but, you know, what if there's some... I said you don't know what they're doing. Right. 
And so everything that you type is going up to the cloud to be processed, sifted through, and everything else, kind of like your email at Gmail. And so remember, uh, Google, we are their product. We are not their customer. Okay. Yeah. Good point. So it everything Google does just makes me very hesitant to say, well, what am I giving up when I'm using this? And it's always very, you know, interesting to me. Does that kind of answer your question, Alicia? Yeah. Yeah. So it that's one of the things with software that always like there's even this new night night sight mode that's coming on the Google phones and 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 video boost I think it's also called two features, okay? And the way it's going to work is you take your video and you do your night nighttime stuff and it sends it up to Google servers and then it enhances it and sends it back down to you. Hey, hey, now nobody wants to know what you do at night. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, it, it's meant for, like, if you're outside at night, walking around, you're taking video, those kind of things. I know. But, I know what it's meant for. Yeah. I just. Yeah, I know. But it's it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you're sending that up to Google. And they're going through every bit of data. And they probably have in their terms. I mean, I could be wrong because we have not read the terms yet because all this stuff ha still hasn't come out. We can use this for AI purposes. So where is the limits on on this stuff? And that's that's why I also am just a fan of iOS because, you know, everything's not done quite as much with software, but it's done with hardware. Also, where's the, where's the appreciation with privacy? Where did that go? Because there was a time where Google prided themselves on you know, being private, like making sure that people couldn't access your stuff. Where did that go? I, I don't really feel like Google, I mean, they've talked about wanting to have privacy, all those things. They, they still talk about it. They, they even make it difficult for developers to ship an app that's not private, but that doesn't always, if, you know, when it comes to them, those rules don't always apply, right? So Google talks about being privacy centric, but that's not really, in in my view, what they're they're known for. They're more about let's make things easy for the user to use so that we can get more data. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's why like search engines like DuckDuckGo and others came around is so that you wouldn't be given so many ads and you know, I, I believe even they are starting to not be as privacy focused, but you know, there's a lot of search engines that have come around so that you don't have to worry about your search history and all that being used to sell you things. So it just, that's the thing with Google. And then MKBHD also made a very interesting video on, can you trust Google? And, you know, Google made a very bold claim at their event this year. And they said that the Pixel 8 will be getting updates for the next seven years. Wow. That's, Wow. Which Skeptical. is which would outlive the phone. Most likely outlive the phone. But there's a website. I don't know what the, you can look at MKBHD's video, but there's a website that lists everything that Google has killed. And 
I don't remember the name of the program that he mentioned, but this was kind of a big one I had no clue about. Google wanted to do two years ago, basically the same as the iPhone upgrade program where you can get a pixel and then every, was it two years ago or one year ago? I don't remember, but you could get a new pixel phone every year and then pay it off over 24 months and you could pay it off over 24 months or upgrade every year. Well, Within 24 months, they killed it. So, oh, sorry, that's that's crazy. I did find the website that they were talking about was called Killed by Google. <laughs> um, kind of goes with Made by Google. <laughs> yeah, and it has just you know you know using a screen reader, it has over 293 items just on the first page. <laughs> and Jamboard was the re- most recent uh, yes, casualty. Was. Jamboard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they still have the app. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I would research that for y'all. So yeah, killed by Google. <laughs> did you did you use Jamboard, Alicia? No, but I used to. <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's what a lot of people are saying is they, they used to use, they got in the habit of using all of these things and now they're gone, you know? So can you trust Google to even keep to seven years because they're, they could just, you know, say, well, we're not going to keep this anymore. I mean, Google domains Snapseed. is on that list. Snapseed, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. Kill off Snapseed. It's not used. It doesn't. It's not needed. There are to, there are too many programs out there that do much better than Snapseed. I'm sorry. Well, I thought they rolled a lot of those features into Google Photos. Yeah, but they still have the Snapseed. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of one of those things that Google just kills off nearly as many products as they start. So yeah, it's like why do you keep killing off these things? If- you know, there's so many things that have already been called. Like, I, at least in my view, I Stadia. can't trust Google. Yeah, Stadia. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, Google Duo. I have a whole list of them on my screen right Google now. Google Allo, Google well, Domain. They didn't, really, they didn't really kill off Google Duo. And the reason why I say that is because they just wanted to make things more refined and they rolled it into Google Meet. Well, I kind of like that better, honestly. Well, they technically killed it off because it is no longer a thing. It became Google Meet. Yeah, um, it became Google, part of Google Meet. Google Podcasts is dead because they yep. made it into YouTube uh, I used podcasts. To use that. <laughs> uh, G Suite's dead, but that's been dead for a while. That's well, they workspace. renamed it to Google Workspace. Yeah. So this went from talking about the Made by Google event to talking about everything cool that they've killed off. <laughs> well, I mean that that's part of it is what Google what is Allo just kind of became Google Chat. But I think yes. Google Allo was honestly cooler than Google Chat. Yes. Add be- some things from Google Allo, mm-hmm. and then I think Google Chat will be better. Yeah. yeah. But that's one of the things with with all of these these products is what is going to last, what's not. Is the Pixel 8 going to last all of this time, the seven I years? I think it will. Yeah. I'm skeptical. And I mean, they could decide to kill Android. I mean, I don't think they ever <laughs> will, but... No, I don't either, but... No, that's their biggest moneymaker. They wouldn't dare. Actually, that is not their biggest no, moneymaker. No, it's not. Well, it may not be their biggest moneymaker, but, like, it gets them more data. 
search is their biggest search. money maker and their ba- biggest yeah. data. Yeah. I don't, but like all of that comes from Android. Like if actually, you really think about it. Actually, a lot comes really, from iOS. Okay. But if you really think about it, well, I mean, yeah, because Apple pays like really big money to make sure that Google is able to use Safari. Um, um, no, reverse. Reverse. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, I can't tell you how many times I have gone to my phone and I haven't even bothered to load up the search engine. I've just gone into that search bar at the top of my phone and just typed something in mm-hmm. and it took like two seconds, you know, like th- that's got to be something. And all Google products are automatically installed on every Android device. YouTube included, search included, Chrome included, everything included, mm-hmm. all things included, except for maybe Google Docs, Sheets, and Slides. As long as long as they're Google Play certified. Yes, exactly. Like you won't see the Google service or Google apps on like a Kindle Fire. Yeah, right. But you know. You know, it's it's the quickest, easiest access for everyone to be able to use all of their services and give more data, get more data, you know, things like that. So mm-hmm. if they killed off Android, where would they go then? Right. Well, again, I think Google, you know, and it's interesting because there's actually a very big trial going on about Google's monopoly on search. And that could be a whole nother conversation, but it, it's just interesting just to see where Google is in, in when they make promises compared to a few years down the road if they keep those promises. So we'll, we'll just have to see and we'll keep people updated. But these these new Pixel phones, like I, I, I always tell people my favorite Pixel was the Pixel 3. And I haven't really cared for many of the designs since the three models came out. And this one genuinely looks nice. I actually like the design. So my next Android phone, I really have liked Samsung, but it might be a Pixel. I try to have both iOS and Android just because I like to keep up to date. Well, I'm an app developer. I need to test on Android. That's kind of a given. But I also like to keep up to date on how things work between the different operating systems as well. Right. Okay. So I guess the next thing. Oh, there is one other device that they did announce, and that's the Pixel Buds 2. Yes. And those look pretty nice. They have more AI. They have clearer call quality, things like that. And they've reduced the latency. And they even cited gaming for that. So that's going to be interesting. Let me be real with you. I don't really think people like the Pixel Buds 1. (laughs) There was not very many good reviews on the Pixel Buds 1. Yeah. I mean, they sounded okay. I didn't. I didn't play with them for very long, but I've. I thought they sounded okay. Yeah, they sound okay. I mean, I used them when I was in class, but eh, they don't sound great. They're just you know, they're just your standard earbuds, but they try to be Google branded. Well, and that's kind of what I think. I think they sound good, 
but they're meant to work with Android. And they're they're supposed to kind of be the competitor to the AirPods. Mm-hmm. And I I think they do a lot of AI, try to do a lot of AI with them. So I think that's kind of where, you know, they try to push those. They try to push everything with AI at Google. That's kind of their thing. You see, I kind of feel like they with the Google, with the Google Pixel Buds, I feel like they tried too hard in some areas and didn't try hard enough in others. Well, and I kind of feel like that with a lot of ear, earbud, you know, Bluetooth earbud manufacturers. Like, and I, none of those areas I'm talking mm-hmm. about include sound. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like the operation of them and mm-hmm. how they work and the AI going into them and things like that. I feel like they tried too hard in some areas and not hard enough in yes. um, others. The sound was one of those areas that they didn't try hard enough in. Well, the pros, from what I remember, they sounded pretty good. They sounded decent. The Pixel Buds Pro. But I don't know about the like phone calls and all that kind of stuff. So, so they they announced the the three products. They kind of like Apple. They did three products at that event. They talked about the magnifier or the um, the features for people with low vision or that are blind for what do they call that the whatever frame where it would help you get lined up for a selfie or for pictures things like that at the event and i mean that was neat but apple's been doing that for a little while yeah but apple apple sometimes by the time it says face centered it's already like moved ah okay this is more stable I think Google's may be slightly more stable because they're using some of the same technology that's in Lookout, which, quite frankly, is one of the best reasons to have an Android phone. That is an amazing app, in my opinion. And it's free. It is free. Kind of like seeing AI and others are free on iPhone. But I I feel like Lookout does a really good job if you're walking around to tell you what you're, you know, coming up to and things like that. So, but I I just feel like it's a nice phone and I feel like it's going to just see if it stands the test of time. One thing I do like though, is some of the new assistant features that's coming on that phone. And one of those is the new call screening features where the Google assistant can answer with a human sounding voice and say, you know, that it's answering for somebody. And where would you like to forever? That's been around forever. Not that, like, this Not is Not this. They've updated it. Yes, but they've added a lot more features to it. It's it's a fully redesigned version of this. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and so it can answer, like, a UPS call. And the person's like, I'm here with a package for so-and-so. And it'll, it said, okay, let me get a hold of them and see what they would like to do. And then it waited. They, the person said, okay. And then it, it waited for a minute and it said, they told me to tell you to put it on the porch. And that's pretty cool. Did it, the Google literally ask the person? Yes. It, I, I think an alert comes up on their Android phone that says, this is a UPS driver that just called you. Where would you like them to put the package? And then they responded with the porch. Text or however they responded and sent it back. It... And it responds, the assistant responds with its voice. There's videos online where you can actually hear this happen. It's really neat. I'm going to have to check that out. I mean, 
Okay, I yeah. wish Android or Apple would do the same thing. Man, that would simplify my life. Do you guys remember whenever there was a there was a a video probably at like Google I/O or something, but the Google Assistant was using a very human voice to book a haircut appointment for someone. Yes. When is me, that gonna happen? <laughs> and and to me, it's yeah. I don't know that they rolled that out to everybody, but it does. This sounds even more more natural. It's yeah. very interesting. But I wonder if the business has to activate the du- uh, Google Duplex. I think it's called. No, the oh. user does. Google Duplex. That's what it's called. I, it's crazy. This is the only thing I've remembered at Google events. Okay. I don't really remember things at Google events. I only remember things that will literally help me automate my life. And that's one of them. <laughs> and these are only available on Pixel phones. Oh, I know. That's sad. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But one thing that's not is new Google Assistant features. And the feature is called, the feature I'm talking about is called Assistant with Bard. Yeah. So they're going to be, hmm? yes, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting for that. So they are announcing Google Assistant with Bard, but wait, there's more. It's coming to iOS. Oh, ooh! it won't be able to be used the same as, you know, the S lady. But ooh. if you have the Google Assistant app, then you could use it. Actually, you know, an interesting thing. I have noticed that there's not an app for Bard, so I feel like this would make a lot of things easier for people mm-hmm. to use Bard. Is Bard and any good? It's getting Bard's better. Bard's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's getting better. But also, if you have an iPhone 15 Pro or Pro Max, you might be able, if, if Google Assistant has a shortcut to activate Assistant and have it start listening, you could set your action button on the 15 Pro Max for Google Assistant. Well, your side button would still be S lady, but your action button would be Google assistant. And I'm pretty sure you can do that. Like I said, I like S lady, but I prefer Google assistant. It's just a lot easier to communicate Mm -hmm. with and actually listen to instead of S lady who thinks it knows what you want. So, right. That is a possibility. Like if you're wanting, you know, a neat feature on the iPhone 15 Pro Max or Pro, you could just hold down your action button and possibly talk to Google Assistant. That is very Android-esque, y'all. Yeah, really. So I'll have to play with that. I've been playing with some things where if I have my play music focus mode turned on, it will go to my next track, whatever I'm listening to. I'm really, I really love that. Focus modes are really cool. Yep. And then you could just use your focus mode menu and control center to change what your action button does. It's really neat. So there's so many cool tech things that, you know, we're able to do now based on our phones. It's just up to your imagination of what you can even think about doing, you know. So let's talk about something that is very interesting to me. And that's the fact that I got access to Blue Sky. And if you guys aren't familiar, Blue Sky is basically the the, um, the federated version of Twitter. It's kind of mm-hmm. like Mastodon, but Twitter. 
And it's made by the creator of Twitter or the CEO at the time, Jack Dorsey, and a few other folks. And it's it's really has the potential to be a very neat platform. I think it's really cool. The issue that it has is nobody's on it. <laughs> Nobody. But I think is that's there. with purpose. Yes. I, w- I was telling you that I think that's with purpose because they don't know how it's going to do quite yet. So they're slowly releasing it out to people. And by slowly, I mean very slowly. Come on, Blue Sky. But there's nobody on it because they don't want a bunch of people on it right now. And I feel like whenever it rolls out to the public, it will be much more popular considering what Uncle Elon is doing with Twitter. I'm well, I'm, I, I'm sorry, X. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't <laughs> think that it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be Twitter levels of popular. And the reason is for one, people have already been talking about the culture on Blue Sky. And because of that, the people have already kind of made their own assumptions and thoughts about Blue Sky. There's, and and that kind of happens with Mastodon, all the others. You know, Mastodon is a little more of a natural, you know, you anybody can join it. But everybody all, always says Mastodon's hard, so we don't want to mess with it. Yeah, right. I was one of those people. Remember, it took me like two hours to get my account uh, migrated over to techopolis.social. Well, and you know, I, I think a lot of people are not having to migrate accounts. But even then, it's even just... Even it's so difficult. It's knowing where to sign up, what you should do, and things like that. It's kind of interesting, though, if you really think about it, because Reddit is very similar. You you have yes. one account, but you have hundreds of subreddits, and it's like, well, where should I post this? Where should I talk? You know, Reddit's hard for me to even grasp. So, I think Mastodon would be too if I didn't have like Michael and others. But I also like Reddit. <laughs> I post on there a lot. Do you? And I post in a lot of subreddits. Yes. Yes. See, I've always been meaning to try out Reddit until they pulled their shenanigans like Elon did with Twitter. And now I'm not too interested in Mm-mm. messing with but it. But yeah, that's a whole other thing because I think social media is just going down. Like, you know, I don't know. Well, that's I a whole think, other topic. I think people <laughs> are, are figuring out where they want to be. And I've always wanted to try out Blue Sky just because it's something different, right? It's something new and shiny and you know me and new and shiny so what kind of people are on blue sky michael so there are a lot of people that are into tech but i've seen it's a lot of people that like to talk about blue sky but also a lot of authors a lot of very famous people are there because obviously they know people that know people that know people so they get invite codes okay so it's just a lot of famous people really right now. Very popular people. But the interesting thing is, is that Blue Sky is very searchable. Like Twitter or Facebook, I can type in somebody's name and typically find them. Whereas on Mastodon and other places, I need to kind of know their username or somebody that's talked about that person on Mastodon. Hmm. So the discoverability is quite nice, and they do have text search, which Mastodon's just now rolling out. Yeah, so that's awesome. It's kind of a nice 
ability to find content and things like that. But I, in saying that, though, I want to mention that it's not without its problems, too. What are some of those? So the app is buggy. And I could go in, in the go to the top menu and view my profile, and it hasn't updated. And then I go to the profile tab, and it has different information. So I have a hypothetical for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've been pondering this. Imagine if there was a world where Facebook federated and it became decentralized. Oh, interesting. I have a hypothetical for you. What do you think it would be like if Facebook federated and became uncentralized? I think it wouldn't change if if, if Facebook did that. But, I mean, it, it, your hypothetical isn't very hypothetical because anybody that has an Instagram will soon be def- will soon be federated through threads. Okay, but that's Instagram, not Facebook. That's Instagram, not Facebook. And Facebook is federated with Instagram, but if people don't use Instagram, what if Facebook federated itself? Interesting. So if Facebook federated and and are you saying like became part of like the Fediverse with like Mastodon? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. You're right. Well, there, a few things would happen. For one, most server administrators would block it, which they're already doing to threads.net, which I don't agree with. But for two, it would put a lot of strain on information coming into Mastodon servers and other servers around the Fediverse because it would have a lot more data because you're looking at several billion people, right? <laughs> Okay, sorry, Michael. Would you block Facebook? Until I had a reason to do so. Okay. So no, until you had a reason to do so, right? Right. But Facebook is such a different thing because Facebook is so algorithmic. I mean, Instagram and threads are as well. But the way they work is like the way the way Facebook works is so different. Like there's no such thing as like a page on on Mastodon or things like that. It's just all accounts, which is why Instagram does so well as threads. But it's, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because Instagram has more users. I, I thought I heard like 1 billion users or something crazy like that. Because within the first week, they had over 100 million users on threads. That's a lot of people. That's like one third the size of Twitter in a week. So it, it's kind of why so many people, you know, do not want threads on Mastodon or be able to see threads on Mastodon because all of that traffic would come into servers. Like it would be like you could get real hateful negative posts in threads and i think that or in mastodon you know mastodon has always been well known as you know you you follow a certain rules in the fed you follow certain rules in the fediverse well 
you'd have people promoting, you'd have businesses, you'd have all these things. Here in Austin, it's it's kind of interesting. We have a, a highway, and I'll get to the point in just a second here. We have a highway where only regular traffic can drive on that highway. So cars, vans, SUVs, minivans, pickup trucks. No 18-wheelers because they don't want to add more congestion on that highway getting that's inside of town. So they either have to take the other interstate coming into town or they have to find a back another route around town instead of going down that highway. Mastodon is kind of like that. Mastodon is they want the individuals, they want the small businesses, they want the, you know, that's kind of how Mastodon was built. So it wouldn't be algorithmic and, and go too close to capitalism and, and ad based promotions. But that's also its downfall too. Right. So it, it's, if, if Facebook, if Facebook federated and decentralized, I think that most of Mastodon and the Fediverse would really have some things to say and, and it would not be a positive experience. I personally would like it because, man, if I could just be Mike Doe's at techopolis.social everywhere and anywhere, <laughs> I'd that'd be, be awesome. I'd be so happy. Yeah. Instead of having went to, to check so many different apps, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook and X and, well, mm-hmm. X, we know. I mean, even guys. going back to the topic, Blue Sky, they have AT protocol, which is different from Activity Pub. Mm-hmm. But you want to know what's interesting that. A lot of, you know, Blue Sky and others need to recognize AT protocol is not part of the W3C standards. ActivityPub is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's something to think about, too, is, you know, the W3C adopted ActivityPub, which is what Mastodon is built off of. We have PeerTube, which is the YouTube equivalent. We have PixelFed, which is the Instagram equivalent. We have even Bookworm, which is the Goodreads alternative, all in the Fediverse. Wow. I have a Bookworm account over at bookworm.tech. So yeah, it, and it, it's just interesting. If you have an invite, check out Blue Sky. There is accessibility issues. There is an, there is an iOS app alternative called GraySky. It's in test flight right now. And it's an accessible version of of blue sky. And interestingly, there's also a kind of a, a server that you can add to the Mona app called skybridge dot. What is it? What's the URL? Skybridge dot fly dot dev. And it lets you add your blue sky account to Mona. It's really neat. <laughs> it's very, it's a very interesting system. I've, Followed a lot. I've followed 63 people. I've followed, I have seven followers over there currently at the time of recording. So it, and it's very interesting. So I think it'll be, and you only have a 300 character limit, which is less than the Mastodon 500. So it's pretty interesting. Do you guys have any final comments before we move on to the last topic for today? Nope. All right. I don't think so. Cool. Okay. So I want to talk about the thing that Michael Babcock made me buy. (laughs) 
And that and is it's probably your pick for the week. <laughs> I don't know. It might be. It very well might be. I haven't. And to be honest, I haven't picked a pick so far. Me so, either. <laughs> we'll see what, what happens. I might flip a coin if I come up with something else in my head. Pick something random. Kind of leave some suspense for the end. All right. So the thing that Michael B. got me to buy is a replacement to the backbone of our radio station's infrastructure. Now, when I say that, don't worry. IACast radio will stay around. It's not going anywhere. Just relax. It's all good. (laughs) But we will be replacing the radio station in a week or so. And we might even do it sooner, and you just won't even know. (laughs) But with this new system... It'll it'll be a little more expensive, but we'll be able to put our schedule of events on a web page, which is so cool. So if you ever want to know our schedule, you could you'll be able to go to the iacast.net webpage and look at it. Imagine that, you know. <laughs> so we'll have that. We may have a better echo skill. We will have all new ways to listen to the radio station. And things like that might be a little clearer. And it's very exciting. It's very, very exciting. It's, it'll be easier for us to upload media because right now we're kind of behind on the radio station. And that's my fault. I just haven't been thinking to update, upload files because it's quite the process to do that. Now we just upload them. Or we, we when we do post-production, they'll get uploaded to the radio station. That is so amazing. It's like, set it and forget it. (laughs) But even more, we have DJs. So people could come in and even like do shows and talk about the podcast that they're on before they even play the podcast, which I think is totally cool. And, and we can do news talk. They, they even have a partnership with podcast.co, which we don't use, but it's kind of neat because you can take your news talk and upload it to there or Mixcloud or other places. And they have integrations with Zapier and all kinds of stuff. So this this service is called radio.co. We were using Live 365, and this is really nice. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So be on the lookout for that and some other cool things coming to IACast Radio. Really super excited. I I need to finish editing a podcast today and, and posting it, and that's going to be the iCast. But I got he told me about this this morning. I said, oh, I've got to go look at this. <laughs> because we've been quite limited on, on how we can schedule content and do things on the radio, and this fixes that. So it's very, very exciting. And hey, even, even our blind users who, who use screen readers, like uh, Taylor can even do things with it. So that's really exciting, yep. right, Taylor? Yeah, because the last one, it was a very arduous process. And in fact, during this episode, I was doing some more accessibility research on the platform because I couldn't wait till after the episode. That's how excited I am, folks. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Well, I think that's going to be all of our topics for today. And we will be back next week. But before we go, as we always do, 
Alicia, do you have a pick for this week and where can people find you online? I do have a pick for this week and it is the Soundcore Motion Plus Bluetooth speaker. I have been, I purchased it last week. And I have been playing around with it this week. And man, is it a great value for money, great sound speaker. It's advertised to be hi-fi. I don't know how true that is. I can't I can't tell you how true that is. But it's also waterproof and submergible. I love it for good peace of mind. It's a great shower speaker. It's a great party speaker. It fills a room. It's amazing. 100 bucks. Wow. 100 bucks. That's cheap for... A premium Bluetooth speaker like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's my pick of the week. How about you, Taylor? Uh, well, what's what's how can people find oh. you online? Oh yeah, that's right. How can people find me online? All right, blind one lives at Mastodon social. Nope. Nope. Sorry. You, you updated. <laughs> yeah. That. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> blind one lives at Techopolis social on Mastodon. Blind one lives on Discord. Blind One lives on pretty much everything. LinkedIn at Alicia Geary. Facebook at Alicia Geary. And I don't know if I'm missing anything. Oh, my website, blindcopywriter.com. Fantastic. And now, Taylor, do you have a pick for this weekend? Oh, man, I knew you were going to ask that question. So, you know what? I have to, I don't really have anything else. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go with the radio.co pick. The reason we're going to do that is because it is so accessible, it is easy for me to use, and I just could not wait to play with it more after this episode, hence why I was trying to sneak in some research. So I am super excited to be on it, and I'm even trying to find a broadcasting solution for Windows. So if anybody has any ideas, please email us at our feedback address, feedback at iaccessibility. Feedback nope. at iacast.net. iacast.net. That just shows how much I know, folks. So, oh, uh, <laughs> or hashtag iacast on I'm Mastodon. Yep. Where can people find me? Well, you can find me everywhere. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel. So that's Taylor Arndt. You can find me on Mastodon at C A Y A R N D T at Techopolis, T E C H O P O L I S dot social. And I am also on Facebook, and I'm still on X, but who knows how long that will be. And, you know, I'm just everywhere. So, yeah. And also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to 3,000 watch hours, folks. So, thank you so much. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Subscribe to Taylor's YouTube. You'll get some great content, I promise. Everybody's waiting for my pick because I said it would be random. It could yes. have been it could have been radio.co, it could be something else. And it's something else. Oh. So I... my pick for this week is a new TV show. Well, not a new TV show, a new season of a TV show. And that is Loki season two. I didn't Everybody even know knows that was I'm out huge, yet. Yes. Episode one has come out. Woo! I'm a huge I gotta go Marvel watch it. I'm a huge Marvel Comics fan, and season two, episode one was fantastic. Oh man, it was good. The last, the first season was amazing, and this one's already started out to be incredible. So, just the first episode was like, whoa! It was it was a ride. It was a wild ride. So Loki season two 
So Loki season two was fantastic. It I, uh, the first episode was really good, and there's even an in credit scene. So make sure you stay for that. As for where people can find me online, I am Mike Doeys at techopolis.social and Mastodon. I'm Michael Doeys on Facebook. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iCloud.com. And you can find me all over the web. Just do a search. If you want to find the podcast, like Taylor said, feedback at iacast.net. And we're all over the web as well. Our website's iacast.net, and you can find us there. If you ever want to listen to the radio station 24 hours a day, seven days a week, iacast.net slash listen will get you there. And in the iAccessibility app, which is getting an update pretty soon. So, ooh, teasers, teasers. Yes. If we're all you about liked the teasers this episode, mm-hmm. if you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcaster, podcaster, podcatcher, podcatcher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. And make sure to write us a review on a, on your podcaster if it supports it. And oh, here's like a friend. Podcaster, I did it again. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah. And if you really like this content enough, share it with a friend. Yep. Yeah. And subscribe to our YouTube while you're at it. Yep. Yeah, that and, too. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Yep. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Like the like our like our videos. We appreciate it. It helps discoverability. And you know, we're we're always gonna be back next week with new episodes. So stay tuned. And you know, also just a reminder, subscribe to the IACast network feed. We have all of our podcasts on the network on that feed. So check that out and and be prepared for more possibly more than one piece of content a day. So that is something to look forward to if you really like our content. So where can they find it, Michael? Just like you said, in your favorite podcast app of choice. Alrighty then. Yep. So with all of that being said, this has been a very long, long outro. Thank you everyone for being here and we will see you on the next IA cast. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the IA cast. We hope you enjoyed the show and found the conversation to be insightful and informative. If you have any feedback or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at feedback at IACast.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at IACast Network to stay informed about new episodes and other updates. Don't forget to check out more great podcasts on the IACast Network, IACast.net. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.